I'm everywhere today. Please, y'all, bear with me. <laughs> oh, it's one of those days. That's what happens when I started the morning off with Hotel California. Ronetta Charles is a native of Opelousas. She is a two-time graduate of Southern University and A&M College in Baton Rouge, Go Jags. She received her Bachelor of Science degree in nursing from there in 1998, as well as her Master of Science degree in nursing in 2003. In 2004, she earned a post certificate as a family nurse practitioner from Southern. In 2013, she obtained her doctorate in nursing practices from the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. We won't hold that against her. In 2017, she obtained her post-master's psychiatric and mental health nurse practitioner certificate from Southeastern Louisiana University. Renetta has committed her training in advanced practice work with all patient populations. From 2004 to 2017, she worked full-time as a family nurse practitioner, serving the primary and urgent care needs of insured and uninsured clients. It is during her full-time practice as a family nurse practitioner that she realized her services were needed in mental health care because her primary care patients had very limited access to mental health care. She, she pursued the appropriate training to become, a certifi- to become certified as a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. And since 2017, she has worked full-time in that role. She is currently working at Acadiana Practitioners. So after this call, if you need to spend more time with Dr. Charles, please contact Acadiana Practitioners and have an appointment with Dr. No, Charles. I'm sorry. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me correct that, Shonda. Um, I currently... Um, I work for Mind and Body Connections. Um, my office is located inside of Acadiana Practitioners, oh. and we do have a collaborative relationship. So um wouldn't call Acadiana Practitioners because Mind and Body Connections does the scheduling for my services. Oh, thank you very much for that clarity. And on that yes, note, ma'am. I'm going to stop talking. I'm stop talking and give the floor to Dr. Charles. Thank you for joining us. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Um, so, um, um, I'm Renetta Charles, and um, please forgive me for having to uh, step away um, earlier. Um, I want to be um, pretty clear and succinct on some of the information um, that I'm going to be presenting to you all on today. One of the my main concerns that I've identified in my 20-plus years being in healthcare is that there's a huge stigma whenever it comes to mental health care. And I've seen that there across um, cultures, across races, across sexes. It's, it's just there. There's, for some odd reason, um, some people um, appear to make it seem as though mental health is just something that's taboo. So having seen that there, um, I'm, I'm very much committed to improving or reducing the stigma that people have attached um, to it. I've seen it within my own family, so I'm always advocating 
um, to my own family members that, you know, hey, you all need to listen more. You're missing a lot. You've had a lot of cues, and you chose to ignore them. And so we're losing loved ones because of the taboo that we've placed on mental health. One of the things that I want people to understand about mental illness, um, I try to relate mental illness to that of physical illness. One in particular I'm going to talk about, let's, let's look at um, depression. There's numerous causes of depression. You can have depression due to genetics. We can have depression due to situations that occur. We can also have depression due to a neurochemical imbalance that comes from the brain. So we talk about brain, we're talking about neurology. Do we hold something against people who've had a stroke? Do we ostracize them because part of their vessel in their brain closed off and it caused them to suffer a stroke? No, no, we don't. Um, So the same thing can happen in depression. You know, our brain can get mixed signals, and we may not get the neurochemical that we need to help regulate the mood and help prevent us from becoming depressed, hence the symptoms of depression coming about. So, you know, having said that, I really want to encourage people to know that you have to listen to people, listen to your loved ones, listen to your family, listen to your friends, and make it okay for them to talk about the fact that they feel down and they don't know why. Talk to them or listen to them when they're saying, I don't know why I worry so much. You know, I'm afraid to let my kids go to school because I'm just so afraid that they're going to get coronavirus. That's real. Coronavirus is real. And the fact that I'm doing this, doing this talk during this COVID pandemic, this is an even more important time for us to listen to each other because we are upon a time in which we don't, we don't typically endure these type of illnesses that's so widespread. It's affecting us here, our neighbors, our neighboring states, neighboring um, countries. So, you know, this is something that's just widespread across the, the paradigm. And so and we, we're not used to this here. So, of course, it can cause a lot of unsettled um, thoughts within us all. But just to put a little bit of data out there, I kind of want you all to get some information. And this is as of 2019 that I um, got from the National Association of Mental Illness, NAMI. Um, but basically, it gives information that, Looking at the United States and the overall population in the United States, it says that one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness. One in 25 adults experience serious mental illness. And what I mean by serious mental illness, we're talking about um, things such as um, schizophrenia, schizoaffective disorder. And once again, you know, there's things that can cause schizophrenia, such as um, drug-induced schizophrenia, like um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure some of you may have heard about the um, upsurgence of this, this, this nasty synthetic marijuana. That one is notable. 
in causing schizophrenia like symptoms. And I always try to tell patients, you have to leave that poison alone because I have also seen people with permanent paranoid schizophrenia due to chronic use of synthetic um, marijuana. But also the other thing about schizophrenia is that it's a disorder in the part of the brain that regulates dopamine. So once again, we're getting back to neurobiology, that our body is just not producing it right. It's not making it right. We're getting back to just getting, you know, getting back to saying mental health is actually physical health because for some of these disorders, it's coming from one of our um, anatomy, the brain. So I, I want us to keep that there in mind as we are no longer shunning people from talking about the fact that they're hearing voices and they don't know where they're coming from, or you see them outside butt naked talking to the tree and you just turn your head and look the other way, okay? So going back into statistics um, in the U.S., 17% of youth ages 6 to 17 years old experience a mental health disorder. Now, I think that these, those numbers are, you know, that's, that's, that's fairly significant, um, you know, whenever we're talking about um, a process that um, some of us choose to ignore, okay? So I really want us to focus on listening to each other. And, and let me back up because even within ourselves, we need to listen to ourselves. When you notice that you don't want to go with your friends anymore, you notice that you're crying for no reason, you start to have feelings like, uh, I don't want to be dead, but I'm tired living like this. Whenever you are, you used to sleep eight hours and now you're sleeping 18 hours, or you used to sleep 10 hours and now you're struggling to get two hours of sleep. You've gained a bunch of weight or you've lost a bunch of weight, and you're just like, I, I just don't feel it. I need you to listen to yourself. Go check it out. Go see what's wrong. Don't be afraid to talk about I'm having struggles paying my bills for the past year and I have been feeling down every single day. I've been feeling hopeless. Talk about it. There's ways in which you can get help for it. Um, I, I will tell you, um, while I do prescribe medications, medication is not the fix-all to everything. I do promote and severely recommend therapy, psychotherapy. It's very, very important. We've learned for so long how to deal with things, but how we've learned how to deal with it doesn't necessarily mean that we're dealing with it appropriately. We're just getting by. We're doing enough to get by. So that's where therapy comes into play at because it helps us unlearn some of those old, ineffective coping skills, and it gives us new ways to cope. It gives us new ways to get through some of our problems, okay? And then what I find is that if you've been doing therapy and it's just still not getting you there, of course, you can do um, medication management at that point in time. And then also, you know, you may start medicine, 
along with therapy at the exact same time because you may be that low. So there's layers or, or, or levels to um, depression. And so I'll just start off by saying, you know, mild, moderate, and severe depression. Typically mild depression, I'll tell people, you know, you could probably just address it from a perspective of therapy alone. So I want you all to be sure that, you know, you're looking for those cues within yourself and that you're also looking for those cues within your loved ones, within your friend, with your friends. If you work with kids, watch out for it with those kids. Um, I know that in recent years, suicide rate is going up. The, 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 the situation of how kids are responding to bullying now, it is significant and it's in a, in a very negative way. The kids are having poor coping skills, and as adults, we need to be able to come in and intervene for these kids. Um, it, it, it disheartens me whenever I'm meeting with an 11-year-old and I'm, I'm encouraging them, go let, you know, the, the, go, go let the principal know, let the teacher know. And that same kid tells me that and when I do that, they tell me I'm tattletale, you know. And we don't know everybody's story. So, yes, we have to teach our kids how to defend themselves, but at the same point in time, if they're in need, we have to intervene at those times because we don't know everybody's story. We don't know what they're dealing with. We don't know if they ate last night. We don't know if they just saw, um, seen one of their parents getting beat. We don't know if they just they stayed up all night because gunshots were ringing through their community. You know, we don't know. And so we just can't assume that everything is okay, that, oh, this kid is going to get through this. They're going to leave him alone. So I don't, I don't, I want us to just really listen, give that ear, look for the warning sign because it's there, and I promise you, people are struggling more right now during this pandemic. So I want all of you, I encourage all of you, to start being more aware, mental health aware during this period because I think it's intensified. I have people who are so afraid of COVID that they're having difficulties getting groceries because they're too afraid to go into the store. So we're trying to help them, like, okay, well, let's see, you know, what resources do you have who can, go, who can you know, go to the store for you? So I want you all to definitely be mindful during this time. You know, lend a helping hand. If you see somebody struggling, sometimes it's just talking. Talking can be very, very cathartic having a listening ear, someone that's just there to just listen, get it off your chest, and even make some good recommendations. Um, and what I mean by that, I don't want us to slip into the old thing of saying, pray to God. Now, let me, let me put full disclosure out there. I'm a firm believer in God. I pray to God. In everything that I do and I go through, that's one of the first things that I'm, he, he's one of the first that I'm going to consult in continuing my journey. 
but I also use other resources. And whenever you limit people into one box that God is going to fix everything, you're not, you're not fully preparing them. I feel that God has, he's, he's, he's so awesome. He's put so many different dynamics out into play in our communities. He's, you know, allowed the development of physicians, nurse practitioners, um, clinical social workers, um, LPCs, educators, um, principals, store managers, the garbage man. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Environmental workers, um, all, everything that all of us do is by, by God's divine power. We need it all. We need it all. And, 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 I, and I brought up the environmental service workers, even the garbage man, because we need them. Our environment would be filthy without them. So saying that there, I don't want us to always just tell people, well, just talk to God about it, and then it gets better. You know, I don't want us to tell people you're stronger than that. Those are not the right words, and that's where we're hurting our men at because for some odd reason we think that men are just this overall epitome of strength. And so we don't give them a chance or we don't encourage them to take care of their mental health needs because we're always letting them know that you're stronger than that. And now we're breaking down their own self-esteem and, they, and we're struggling with them. Or we allow them to struggle more because we're telling them the expectation is that you're stronger than that. So suck it up and keep it moving. So be mindful of those things. Be mindful of the words that you're telling people because they're listening. So just in during this pandemic, I, I want to give you some um, things that you can look for that you could consider that somebody may be suffering from anxiety or depression. You know, like you may, they, they, the person may talk of being tired all the time. They may speak of not being able to sleep or that they're sleeping too much. Um, they're negative a lot. Like their glass is always half empty. Nothing goes right for them or they feel hopeless. They feel worthless. Um, you know, they, they, they knock themselves down because they haven't been contributing to some of the other things that other people are doing. They may be more irritable, like, why is she so snappy like that? Like, and I'm talking, like, we could be talking about your coworker. Why is she always feeling like she has a chip on her shoulder? What's going on with her? You know, maybe restless, having a need to move around a lot. Um, you may notice that y'all used to go and have girls' night every other weekend, and all of, the, all of a sudden that person is no longer a part of girls' night. They always have a reason or excuse as to why they can't be there, and they're always at home, Okay. You may find that they are, um, like I said, eating too much or um, eating a whole lot less. And then for those of you in relationship, let's talk about um, sex. You know, you may notice um, that the desire for sex may not be there anymore. Um, they may also complain of a lot of physical ailments. Every day they have a headache or, oh, my God, my body hurts so bad. I'm so nauseated, you know, because mental health issues can definitely cause 
physical symptoms. We call the, we call those psychosomatic symptoms, whereas it's psych related, but it comes from the physical. Okay, I mean, but but it creates physical symptoms. Now, um, the bulk of my practice is in um, family medicine, so I always like to rule out that there actually are not medical causes because I would never make anybody believe that all of their physical symptoms is coming from their mental health. I'm definitely going to rule out medical. I mean, even as I'm seeing mental health patients, I will tell, you know, like certain things, like if I have a patient who's consistently dizzy, well, no, I need you to follow up with your primary care because we have to look, is this coming from your ears, you know, um, is, is your vision poor, what's going on here? So I don't want us to say that all physical ailments are mental health related. So um, I want to be sure that that's um, understood. Um, but also, um, one, you know, we have to listen for those little signs of, you know, suicidal thoughts or attempts. Like you may get something, hear some things like, I wish I was no longer here. I'm tired living this way. Okay, well, tell me what you mean by you're tired living this way. You know, that's a very gen- you know, general statement, but that one statement says a whole bunch. And for me, if somebody tells me that I'm tired living this way, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be looking at them a little more closely because they're going to try to clarify. Say, oh, no, 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 no. I just meant that, you know, I have to do better. I'm going to try to get another job because I need a second income. Okay, so you may convince me with that one there. But if you don't give me anything solid, then I need to wonder if your thoughts are getting so low that you're really contemplating suicide. And I'm going to be, you know, watching you closely as a friend or um, if, if it's just something that, you know, a, a person that, I know of through someone else, I may tell them, hey, listen, um, I don't like how so-and-so said this here, so, you know, check on your boy, be sure he's doing well. And also, guys, you know, um, drinking um, alcohol have, um, you know, we do it socially. But a lot of times, alcoholics are born through ineffective coping skills. They are born through being so depressed, that they find something to cope. And so they go to drinking and to think that it's going to push everything away, and it pushes it away for that moment while they're drinking, but it also worsens it. We know that alcohol is a known depressant. Alcohol actually makes people more depressed. So I want you all to be mindful of that. If somebody is drinking more, it could be that they're having some personal struggles. Find out what's going on with them because addictions is horrible. I've seen addictions develop due to uncontrolled mental health disease. You know, um, one notable um, that I've, where I've seen drug use, I'll say two. I've seen a lot of drug use with people trying to cope and deal with bipolar disorder, which is where a person can have both highs and lows, their moods are going up and down. And, you know, so just to, to try to stay in the loop of that there, they start using substances to help regulate them a a little bit better. And even depression, they may start, like, I don't want to feel this way anymore, so let me get me something that's going to push me up. So they may start using drugs that kind of speed them up, but alcohol, which, like like I said, we know it's a depressant, I will see them using more, um, more alcohol as well. So be mindful of that as well. And then whenever we're talking about anxiety, you know, if you see a person, like, you know, constantly wringing their hands, you know, rocking, tense, like, you know, like, why are you so uptight? 
calm down, you know, what's going on? You know, a lot of times that's coming from inner feelings of worry. They have a lot of worrying going on. But guess what? Whenever we're talking about anxiety, sometimes the worry can be due to something specific where it's like, um, well, yeah, I've been overwhelmed. My rent is coming up, and it's $500, and I only have $200. I don't know how I'm going to get the rest. So, yes, we may see some anxiety related to that, but we also have some people who worry just to worry, okay? And that can just come from personality, but it's still real. So, and, and at any point in time, all of these things that I'm talking about, depression and anxiety, we all may have experienced those things at some point in time. But our ability to cope with it is what defines how severe or how long these symptoms can, can last for. So whenever we're taking a person with, like, let's say, generalized anxiety disorder, they truly have a difficult time in controlling their worrying thoughts. If their husband may go to work, and let's say their husband works in construction, and they're like, the day is sunny, but they're sitting at the house saying, oh, my God, I hope the rain doesn't come because if the rain comes, he's going to get rained out and they're going to cancel his work day. There was no need for that type of worry because it's a sunny, beautiful day. But that particular person has an issue with regulating those thoughts. They can't control the worry, so they just worry about a whole bunch. And so those things there, you know, hands down, out of all mental health diseases, anxiety-related disorders, I always say, therapy, I don't care if medication is involved or not, psychotherapy has to be a part of it for anxiety because with anxiety, you have to learn how to cope. If you're driving and you have a panic attack, your coping skills must kick in. You have to know what that is. Do I just start taking some deep breaths? I'm going to start doing some slow deep breaths, and let me pull off to the side of the road to keep myself and others safe. Okay? So um, even with anxiety, you know, you may see a person that may just go into this rapid breathing, or they may start sweating or they may start telling you, oh, my God, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. My heart is beating so fast, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. And it's actually just due to, you know, um, anxiety. But once again, I will always say, please rule out medical first, um, because I don't ever want to assume that an anxiety attack is anxiety, and it actually was um, the warning signs that a heart attack was um, in, 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 prog in progress. So um, typically those patients with significant anxiety, I will always have them have a full cardiac workup done just so that I can be um, confident in saying that those symptoms are definitely being triggered more by the anxiety and nothing else is wrong with the heart. Um, and also look at other things such as the thyroid because that's another thing that could cause, you know, increased um, heart rate. So I want you all to be um, mindful of those things there because it's, it's, it's very important to you. It's important to your loved ones. It's important to your, your, your coworkers. It's important to your friends. It's important to the stranger that you may meet in the store that's having a meltdown, okay? And it, 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 it's, it's just something that we need to be more mindful of 
And more importantly, we need to reduce the stigma. And I'm going to close it up by saying, when I say reduce the stigma, um, we need to remove the taboo of mental illness. We need to be sure that everyone knows that it is okay to have mental illness. Let's talk about it. And that sums up um, what I, I really have to say about um, mental, reducing the, the stigma um, in mental health care, especially during this pandemic. Do we Dr. have any Shaw. questions or any discussion points that you all have? Uh, I just have something to say. Uh, I, I was a past client of uh, a patient of uh, Dr. Charles. Okay, and uh, she helped me. She was, uh, but uh, she helped me out during the time that uh, I was having a difficult time. I'm a mother of two grown children, adult children, and I was going through a time that my family, you know, to them it didn't mean anything, but I had brought up my granddaughter till the, the uh, age of nine, and then when my son decided to remarry, uh, he took her daughter back, took the daughter back, and she brought me through that time. I don't know if she realized that, but when I'd go in for my checkup, she uh, talked to me. She took the time to talk to me and bring me through that to where I could accept that that was his child and not mine, and also the fact that uh, I was not to blame for this. You know, we, you know, it was not all my fault. And so uh, she's very good. She took care of my, all my medical needs and also uh, – my mental needs. And uh, right now I also want uh, everybody on the line to keep my kids in prayer because they lost their dad Monday through a virus. And uh, I, I, right now I don't know exactly how to feel myself because we weren't together, but I just feel like I am a widower now because we still kept in contact. And I've been alone all these years. So it's just a hard time right now for me and my children because my son is not talking to me. He was talk I spoke to his daughter for her birthday, but now I guess maybe he's in some kind of feelings because he's not talking to me right now. But I feel, you know, really bad right now, you know. Uh, I'm feeling down. Let me say this here. You know, um, we all grieve differently, okay? And if, 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 if he needs a little space, give him mm-hmm. a little space but with the understanding that, okay. you know, he, he is okay. And, you know, get, get some reassurance from others that he's mm-hmm. doing okay. But more okay. importantly, right now for you, you're allowed to grieve as well, okay? okay. So okay. you have to allow yourself to go through it. You need to talk to others to get your feelings out there because, okay. as you said, you know, regardless if y'all were together or not, that's mm-hmm. still the father of your children. Y'all still have a connection there, okay? Yeah. So that, 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 that's mm-hmm. okay. But so, you know, please be sure that you are, um, you know, speaking about, you know, t- you know, talking about this, and more importantly, don't internalize other people's feelings. Don't start running with thoughts in your head about, oh, God, okay, well, me and my son is not speaking, so what's going on, okay? Don't do that okay. right now because, like, like I said, right now we all grieve, we, we all grieve differently. Some of us shut down. Mm-hmm. Some of us, you know, we, 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 we're crying, falling out on the floor. Like we can see it, people can see it, but others, yeah, they may they may do it in silence. So just 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 make yourself available, or talk to other people. Hey, make sure your brother's doing all right. Call his wife. Is everything okay? But other than that, there, you know, just just do your part. But in the midst of all of this here, you be sure though 
and you take care of yourself and, 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 and you grieve as you see for yourself as well. Okay. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, this is from Benton, Louisiana. I just want to say this is wonderful, and I thank you so much, doctors, for your input, your studies. And um, this is just a major issue with our African-American community, with us not seeking the help. Um, and, of course, we got to face it to fix it. And I'm so grateful that this forum is set forth to get others the help that we all need. So thank you again. Absolutely. And while you brought up African Americans, um, this month um, is um, Mental Health Awareness in Minorities per um, NAMI's, um, the national group. So this month has been um, recognized by the federal government as um, Mental Health Awareness Month. So that, that's perfect timing, and I, and I, I think that um, the taboo is larger in minority groups. Um, as an African-American female, um, I can affirmatively say that I know it's a huge issue in that population there, which is, um, you know, that's one of um, my plights. I mean, I, 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 I'm even, I, I think I'm even um, more uh, committed to whenever it comes to, 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 to black men because I knew how, you know, what the culture says. I, I know what we've what we were told. I know what black men were, were um, ingrained to do. Um, but the things that I'm saying from a personal level, this exists among all races because I treat Caucasian men as well, and they have some of the exact same reservations about getting medication started. They go into all of this self-doubt. They go into belittling themselves because they're sitting there with me and, you know, we really have to talk it out. And sometimes we may go a few sessions before they really attach on and say, you know what, I see what I have to do. I know what I have to do. And I always tell people, people only know your story whenever you go around telling your story. So, you, you know, you, you don't need to go around showing anybody, look my pill bottles, um, this medicine says Depakote. Um, I, I take that for bipolar. You don't need to go around doing that there. So people don't know, you know, people know your business whenever you start telling people your business. But, you know, my thing is also you don't have to be shameful, but for those who are still trying to get through their journey, the only way people are going to know that part of you is if you start to tell it. Any additional questions or comments? Um, I'm from New Iberia, Louisiana, and I'm the mother of a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 6-year-old. Um, I've been having – I've been. it's been pretty good – as far as keeping um, the spirits up of my six-year-old, it's easy for me to, like, plan activities for him with the COVID and everything, but it's a little more difficult with my 13-year-old and my 15-year-old because they have just gotten into that stage where they're, you know, they had been able to, like, go to the movies and hang out with friends. So I do see that it's taking somewhat of a toll on them. So you have any tips? Uh, for that age group, you know, um, what I've, I've, I think, for, at least for some people, I've, I've, I've seen COVID actually um, strengthen the immediate family because um, you know you are so much with each other, and I know that the kids don't want to do everything you know with you all the time, but 
I have encouraged those types of things. I don't know. Um, I'm, I don't like all of the electronics, but during this time, because even in healthcare, we're relying a whole bunch on electronics right now. So um, if, if, if they have access to it, if they can um, FaceTime their friends, I don't know if they have a gaming system where they can engage like that. I've seen some kids do it that way. And the other thing that I'll tell you, um, you know, social distancing is very, very important, but I do know that there are some families that they know, like, okay, you can only, like, the, the families know each other, and they're like, okay, we only allow y'all to play with, you can only play with him, and, and he can only play with you, and that's as good as it goes. So that way, if y'all want to go to the park, and y'all, it's not a big group of people with your mask, y'all can do that there. Um, it's a little difficult doing that there, you know, with kids, but you got to know the trust factor. you got to know that your kids are responsible and reliable in that regard there. Um, but, I, I, you know, I know that just creating more things to do at home has been quite helpful. That's, um, you know, some of the things that quite a few people have gotten into from, from gardening, even to playing backyard, um, backyard games at home. So those are all things for you to consider um, as you go through this here, you know, with, with your kids. But just, you know, even look at the, the electronic stuff. You know, look at um, what's out there as far as, if, I don't know if the kids have a gaming system, but that may, that may be one way to you know, get them engaged or keep them engaged with their friends. Okay, thank you. Yes, ma'am. Hi. Um, I want to thank you for that information because it was very helpful toward me. And I know that this COVID-19 have a toll on the elderly, mostly, and um, the ones that mainly that live alone. And um, we do go into a deep depression at times and find ourselves um, uh, into this cry or whatever, you know. And um, some of us have people we can call and some really don't. And I have one lady that I'm keeping up with that she doesn't have anyone really calling her. But is there a number that can be given out for to call and um, to call and uh, talk to someone about the um, feelings and the anxiety and depression that that we're going through mm-hmm. of living alone and with this thing, because I'm very paranoid about going out to the stores. And if there's too many people in the stores, I really turn out, turn back out and come home. So is there mm-hmm. a number? Okay, so um, there's not a number per se. But um, I always, um, there's 232-HELP. Um, it's a, um, so, like a social services line. You know, they, they, they help with, you know, suicide awareness and not awareness, but you know, they, they speak with people whenever people are real low and um, are going through things. So I know that there have been some people, it's a suicide prevention line, but um, they have had some people who will call their, like they're not, at, 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 on the verge of suicide, but they're going through such low times that they actually do have, that they'll take the time to speak with them during that moment. Um, but that's two, three, the local number is 232-H-E-L-P, 
but the national number is um, 800-273-8255. And, um, you know, another thing, um, you, you know, it won't be on um, an, an as-needed basis. Um, you know, you would have to call in for it, but I know right now there are local therapists that are doing um, different modalities of psychotherapeutic services, um, of psychotherapist um, services, including um, some of them are allowing patients to still come into their clinics to do sessions. Then there's also some who's doing phone calls, and then there's some that's doing telehealth, um, you know, um, televideo um, therapy sessions. So if those people wanted that, you know, access to that, like um, I know Ms. Uh, Sienna Caldwell over at Acadiana Practitioners, I know that she's um, offering a, a myriad of um, services, including telephone, um, televideo. Um, I'm just not too sure yet on, on in-person. But if they need to, they can actually call Acadiana Practitioners to get into the services of Ms. Sienna Caldwell at, um, that's 337 942-5899. So that would be another option is them actually getting in um, because as Ms., um, Dr. Brooks brought up earlier, um, and, and I, I agree with this, um, this COVID thing is not going away tomorrow. Um, I, I think that we're going to have a little longer um, time to go through with this here. So it wouldn't be a horrible thing to get lined up with a therapist. Okay, okay, and that number is Well, Dr. Charles, hi. I want to thank you. Hello. Yes. This is Deborah Jones. Um, I, I really appreciate <laughs> your presentation. Uh, I just wanted to share when you were talking about men, how important it is that we encourage them and encourage them to speak out and talk. You know, I'm married to a black man, and I'm constantly reminded him that he doesn't have to hold everything in, that we're in a marriage together, we need to share so that I can bear that burden. But men take on so much and don't realize it, that they need a release. Um, Chanda, I just, Dr. Brooks, I just posted to your Facebook pages um, a post from Andrew Gillum. I don't know if anybody remembers who that is. Last year, he ran for governor of Florida against Ron DeSantis, and he lost by a very small margin. I mean, he was contested for a while. And after uh, his loss, he, his, he went into a spiral. He had already been dealing with, and no one, the public didn't know, I'm sure his close friends and family knew, that he was dealing with alcoholism, and he used that to numb his feelings of depression 
and his feeling, he felt that he let down the people of Florida when he lost the governorship. And I didn't realize it until I saw the post yesterday, but back in March, he was found in a hotel room in Miami, passed out. And that's when he came to the realization that he needed help. So since then, he's been in therapy and uh, went into rehab. And he he has a 10, he talks for 10 minutes about that experience, and he's encouraging men, especially black men, to get the help and do the hard work to recover so that you can be productive and that you, and not to, you know, put yourself down and think because you you may have failed at one thing that you are total failure. You're not. These failures are there to teach you something to go forward. But I did post it to the Facebook page, so you can maybe post it on your um, the Family Strong page because it was it's about ten, eleven minutes, and it's definitely worth a listen to people to get encouragement from a black man who's going through what a lot of men and women are going through. He gave so much right. good advice, and you can tell the difference, you know, the therapy that he went, you can tell he how much therapy he's gone through and how much he has internalized it, and he's determined to, to, to do something different. His father was a, dealt with alcoholism. I hate to call people an alcoholic. They're dealing with alcoholism, you know. They have, I don't want to label people. So, but he, it, it was, you know, from seeing what his father went through, he internalized it into himself. And that's what he was using to medicate himself and numb himself with alcohol. We all have our vices. And so we can't um, blame one person for one thing because I'm, I'm dealing with things and there are things I don't do right, <laughs> you know. I might not be using alcohol to medicate, but I may be doing something else, you know. I watch too much news on TV. I have to really monitor myself on that because that causes depression. And so... But post it on your page, and I think it's worth a, a, a listen to everyone to see what he has done and how he is encouraging all of us to get the help that we need. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing, Ms. Brenda. I appreciate you. And thank you, Dr. Charles. Are there any other questions? What I'm going to do, Dr. Charles, is I am going to take mute off just in case someone is trying to ask a question and they aren't able to unmute themselves. So I'm going to turn okay. mute off. So everyone, I'm turning mute off. Hello. Does anyone have any questions? Questions, concerns, or comments? All right, I'm going to mute all. Dr. Charles, we appreciate you for taking of your time and talent to share with us. We had some very deep questions, and what I suggest is that you contact uh, Dr. Charles 
and arrange uh, a telehealth. I don't know if she's doing uh, uh, face-to-face, but call and continue the conversation. 